Hey, it's Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. A two-hand follow jam is true. You're listening to the Morning Blitz with my main man, Ross Volkmer, right here on 102.5 You Rock. Central, 7.47 in the Mountain Time Zone here on a Wednesday, January 24th. Glad you're with us here on the Morning Blitz. Time for our guest of the day. Our good friend from the Kansas City Star. He covers KU Athletics. That would be Shreyas Lada, who spent some time with us this morning. Good morning, Shreyas. How's how's life treating you today? Not too bad. How about yourself? Can't complain, buddy. Cannot complain. Trace, I saw something this morning that, that caught my eye. I was looking through some of the news articles this morning on the sports page of ESPN. One of them was from Joe Lenardi, the bracketologist, and one of the, the title of the article was something along the lines of, Kansas basketball, your typical number one seed, dot, 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 just not this year. What are your thoughts on that saying from Joe Lenardi? Uh, I, I think that's a little bit of a fair assessment. You know, they the, the loss to West Virginia was a, a quad three loss. I presume the UCF loss was something similar to that too. Um, I think they're going to have to be pretty perfect. I think the rest of the way uh, and minimize the losses as much as possible in conference play um, in the next, what, 10, 11 games they have left um, because of the fact that they lost a game. Those, they lost two games that I think typically Bill Self teams don't lose. I find it uh, – what, what were your thoughts on the game against Cincinnati? Um, they, they end up getting the win over Cincinnati to the Jayhawks. Uh, final score, 74-69. But, you know, it was kind of a, a slugfest. And it feels like Kansas is in way more slugfests uh, this year than maybe previously. Maybe that's, maybe that's not true because it's just the Big 12 Conference. No, I, I agree. I mean, Kansas uh, – I've said it before, but rarely does this Kansas team uh, create separation – uh, to consistently, uh, you know, win games big. And, and then it comes down to a couple of things. They don't have the depth. I mean, you know, their bench had two two points. Uh, they didn't score uh, a bench point until 10 seconds left in the game when El Marco Jackson was fouled and, and sank two free throws. Um, the three-point shooting rate is really low, so that also makes it so the variance uh, of, you know, games is, is not super high. It's, it's usually closer more often than not. Um, and then there are some times where the offense can go completely cold. And uh, I think compared to some previous years, uh, you know, even though Kevin has done a great job um, and Hunter is a, a pretty good, you know, offensive player too, obviously, but uh, it's just easier to defend Kansas this year, I think, than previous years uh, in those moments where their offense is cold because it felt like last year, you know, if you needed a bucket, you could go to a, a guy like Jalen Wilson who'd make a tough mid-range bucket or maybe even Grady Dick. Uh, this year, you can go to Kevin McCuller, and you can go to Hunter Dickinson, but Dickinson is, is a lot easier to defend because he's a post player. Uh, and Kevin, I think, you know, has his moments, but there's also moments where I think he's a little differential. Uh, so I think all those factors kind of contribute to these Kansas games being closer than anticipated. And, I mean, like, we saw them early outside of conference play. They were, like, you know, 30-point favorites, Manhattan, this and that, you know. And they'd win by like 5, 10, 12, you know. Uh, but I think that's just been the theme uh, for this Kansas team is uh, there aren't a ton of blowouts. The the one or two that they do have are against the Oklahoma teams. Uh, but they, you know, have a pretty impressive resume for the most part. But they have also have some losses that you kind of shake your head about and you wonder, 
you know, are they going to be able to rattle off eight straight wins in March? And right now, I don't think so. What is more of a concern, Treyas Lada, our guest here in the Morning Blitz? Is it is, is what is more of a concern, the lack of bench production and depth, or the lack of consistent three point shooting? Uh, I think lack of consistent three point shooting is is definitely a concern. You just can't win a lot of basketball games making the amount of threes that Kansas typically makes. It's the lowest ever in the Bill Self uh, era, the three point rate, uh, attempt rate, or whatever. And uh, it's by a couple hundred, you know, points. It, it's the lowest ever or, or uh, ranking spots. And um, I mean, like Bill mentioned it yesterday or uh, a couple of days ago after the game that like the depth stuff doesn't really matter uh, come March, which I agree with, you know, because we'll just play the, the top guys a ton and, you know, there's longer commercial breaks and longer time in between games and this and that. So that'll be fine. And they might lose some regular season games. Uh, because of the lack of their depth uh, and lack of bench scoring. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, if you look at the the way basketball has evolved, and even with college basketball being more old school than the NBA, you need guys that you can sit here and say, okay, that guy can hit a three-pointer when I need him to. And and I think Furphy is slowly becoming that guy. Uh, but there isn't a ton of that on Kansas where I feel confident that, you know, if they're in a shootout, they can keep up, and we—I I don't think that's true. I mean, we saw it in the West Virginia game; uh, they shot lights out of the ball, twelve of like I think twenty-two from three or something like that. Kansas kept up for the first half; they were six and twelve, and then the second half they were one eleven. I think it's just a very concerning thing to me that Kansas just doesn't have the sharpshooting I think that they anticipate or hope to have. Well, you talked about Johnny Furphy, how great he's played the last couple of games. He's getting more and more used to being in that starting lineup. But with him coming now in starting games and not coming off the bench, as I mentioned, there's a lack of bench production. Who do they need to step up coming off the bench to help them out? Because you can't go many nights like they did on uh, two nights ago against Cincinnati, and they had just what two bench points. You got to have more than that. No, I 100 percent agree. It's got to be somebody like uh, a Nip Timberlake or a Marcus Jackson. It's really the, just one of those two. I mean, those are the only guys who can really. Uh, you know, have the expectation to score. I mean, uh, Parker Braun is, is a, a non-scoring big man, and, and Jamar McDonald doesn't play in enough minutes. So it's one of those two uh, that has to come out and top it. And really, it should be Nick Timberlake. I think everyone expected him to be better than he has been. And unfortunately, I don't think he's been able to string together like two consecutive good scoring games. Uh, and I think that's also one of the reasons why Kansas has not been as good as expected. Johnny Furphy, what have you seen out of him the last four games since he's moved into the starting lineup? How much more, um, how much more comfortable has he gotten in the starting lineup? And on top of that, where do you think his ceiling is? Yeah, I think I've been very impressed with him. It's clear, you know, he's a good basketball player. He doesn't need the ball in his hands a lot. He's constantly relocating off the ball, kind of like Grady did last year, and getting good shots. Uh, he's a sneaky, good rebounder. He's very athletic. He, uh, you know, he had 11 rebounds last game. I think he had six or seven the game before. Um, you know, he's a guy that it's clear his teammates love playing with him. It's self-mentioned a couple of times, but also just if you watch the games, they trust him a lot more than they trusted Marco. And that's not a diss on El Marco, but Murphy is ahead of, I think, the pack of uh, ahead of most freshmen in decision making uh, ability and just making the right play at the right time. And I, and I was talking to 
uh, a couple of the NBA Australia guys about that, um, you know, the development guys that he came from, the Global Center of Excellence over there. And he was like, yeah, I think that definitely goes back to a little bit of what international uh, guys are taught of fundamentals and doing the right thing at the right time. Um, and I'm very high on Furphy. I mean, I think if he keeps up what he's doing, he's going to be a guy that's projected NBA lottery pick, with, especially with how weak this draft is um, and how young he is. He can easily sh- shoot up the board. Uh, you know, and his parents are, I think, are still a little bit adjusting that. I was talking to them about that, uh, the fact that their son could be a guy that could be in the NBA within a year. I mean, they're hoping he'd be uh, getting his degree. They're big on that, but uh, I thought that was funny. Really? They, you think he could be an NBA player next year? I see him being more like a Sfima Luke, <laughs> a guy who's like in the I thorn mean, of every other Big 12 team side for many years. I could see it too. I mean, I, I mean, you know, like he, he's just a, a good basketball player. You know, he has to be better at defense, but his length causes people some problems. Uh, his shooting looks very, very good, if not elite. Um, you know, I, I think with how weak this draft class is, I mean, uh, no, no disrespect to Zach Eady, but this guy was going undrafted to late second round and most projections last year. He's currently a lottery pick, you know, and uh, if, if Murphy keeps it up, I mean, he's been averaging 17 and 8 as, uh, as a freshman since he started last their games. I think there's no reason why he wouldn't be a uh, projected, you know, lottery pick or at least a first round pick. I know there were some thoughts that maybe he'd be a second rounder before the, the season came, but I think the adjustment period was there and, you know, you think of the minutes, this and that, but no, I, I think he's an NBA guy, whether it's this year or next year, I think he'll be gone as long as he keeps up the, the level of players he's at currently, uh, you know, because it, it's hard if, to keep up 17 and 8 as a freshman, um, especially with how stacked uh, this Kansas team is with veterans and guys who demand the ball. But, I mean, he went 7 of 8 uh, last game, so he clearly makes the most of his shots. Shreya's got about 30, 45 seconds left for you here. Thoughts on going to Hilton Coliseum on Saturday for what could be a uh, a really interesting game from both sides? Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I think Kansas has always historically has a tough time in Iowa State just because they're so, so... Uh, the fans pack that arena. It gets so loud. Um, it's it's a, quite a home experience. Um, I think coming out of there with a win is, is huge for Kansas, but but not just that. I think it's one of those things they really need to do is showcase that they are for real in this conference and they can win road games uh, when they need to. Shreya Slada of the KC Star. Shreya, is always great stuff. Thanks for spending some time with us. We'll catch up soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Once again, great stuff there from Shreyas Lada of the KC Star. Man, Johnny Furphy going in the NBA draft this year? Boy, that just seems like a, seems like an interesting, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying that he couldn't make it. I just, I don't see that. I see him being more of a guy that's around for a year or two, but we'll see. We're up against the clock. We've got to get to the walk-off. Let's see, where are we at? Oh, here we go. As Christian can see, I'm donning my Husker red today. Not for the fact that who I got to meet last night, part of it, but also last night, Nebraska basketball with a takedown of Ohio State. 83-69. Ice rink, as I like to call him. Ice rink mast. Goes out there, goes 13-17. 
Six of eight from three on a way to a high of a career high. 38, 34 points, eight re- and 10 rebounds, excuse me, four assists. Nebraska 15 and five, five and four in the Big Ten. Ten. It was one of those toss-up games for Nebraska, and to come out like that has me feeling awfully nice this morning, that's for sure. Speaking of Big 12 basketball, Kansas State back on. They're actually going to go test out Hilton Coliseum tonight. They're at Iowa State tonight. That ought to be a very interesting game there between the Wildcats and the Hawkeyes. Like, or sorry, the Cyclones. Like I said, if K-State wins tonight, I'll get on this bandwagon, but I'm not on it yet. Tonight's a really I'm, good test. I'm Cyclones really are a perfect 11-0 and at home this year. They haven't lost. If you get it done, I'm pressed. I'm impressed. First, I'm first for everything, right? Yep. Coverage on 100 Point Through the Ride, beginning at 7 o'clock Central Time with pregame. Uh, also, before we get out of here, a reminder, folks, icy conditions over in Gove County. Many roll-offs and slide-offs have passed along this morning, so be careful if you're traveling over in Gove County on I-70 or heading that way or passing through. Extra caution. All right, that'll do it for us. Oh, also, by the way, tonight, forgot to mention a basketball. Colorado, Colorado State both play tonight as well. Colorado gets Washington. Colorado State gets Nevada. There we go. Let me make sure I got that in. For Christian Peck Dimmitt, I'm Ross Folkmer. See you back here tomorrow. It's been The Blitz.